How are you doing today? <laughs> All your cars started? I guess so. You're here. Yeah, it's just like the good old days growing up in Saskatoon. <laughs> Except there's not as much snow. No, it's nice to, uh, nice to be back with you in this new year. Looking forward to 2024 and all that God has in store for us. Uh, tonight is going to be a special night of gathering together as God's people. And I'd love to hear from you what has God been saying to you this past week. Uh, some of you are less than you were a week ago uh, due to the fasting. Uh, but my prayer is that not only um, maybe did you get physically... Uh, back in, in the right place, but you got spiritually back in the right place where you heard from God. So um, this is the last message in this um, window of opportunity for this prayer and fasting. Next week, I'm going to start a new series called The Foundations of Our Faith. And I'll be looking uh, back into Genesis and going to do a meandering through uh, Genesis to look at the, uh, the patriarchs. What did we learn from them as they encountered God for the very first time as God began to reveal himself step by step, person by person, uh, according to what he was doing in, in his people's lives. So we have a, it'll be a long series taking us into this, the summer time, and we'll just walk through Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, all those, those, those people that you hear about, but you wonder, really, um, who were they and what did God teach them? So this is where all of our faith goes back to, uh, rests on what God taught those guys at the beginning. So I hope you'll enjoy that as well. Uh, let me pray as I start into this message. Father God, we're here because we love you. We want to hear from you. We've had a busy week getting things back in order for this new year. And we're excited about, God, what you're going to do in and through us as people, as families, and as a church and the community. I pray, God, you would open our hearts and minds and, and speak to us in a way that we can understand and hear. Tonight, I pray, Father, you would already be working in people's hearts as we share together and worship you, praise your name, and uh, bow down again to you as our Lord and Savior, our King and Creator. Uh, my prayer in Christ's name, amen. So, as I mentioned in the past, <coughs> I was talking about my uh, hearing last week, but the I want to give you a little bit more details on, on that as I start off this message, because uh, about 10 years ago, I was speaking in a developing country, and then my time there was coming to an end, and I went to the airport to head home. And as I was in the airport, I had a strange feeling in my, my left ear. It was almost like it was getting blocked or clogged up for some reason. Then on the flight home, the, the air pressure difference when, you're, when you take off and all of a sudden your ears start popping, it's like it just didn't feel right. And by the time I got home, some 12, 14 hours later, um, arrived home and someone was playing the piano in my home, which is a lovely thing. But instead of notes or, or, or uh, sounds, I was, it sounded to me like someone was taking our kitchen utensils and dropping them into a box. Like there was no... No music at all. My, hear, my ear could not distinguish uh, music or tones. Uh, it was really odd. And so I thought, maybe I'll just give it a, a few days. I think I had another trip. I was going to go on and then come home. And within about a week, um, uh, I got a bonus of tinnitus. And so I had this constant ringing in my ears. You know that sound when your smoke alarm goes off, that high-pitched... 
that's what it sounds like most of the time in my ear. So I have to try and mentally ignore it. Well, when all is said and done, I lost about 70% of the hearing. And, and I went to a specialist, had an MRI, and they said, you got a virus of some kind. It just decided to attack your ear for some reason. There's nothing we can do about it. So I did this a lot when people are speaking, you know, and I, I, I sometimes turn to the good ear and try and hear what they're saying. Church foyers and fellowship halls were just nuts for me. I, like, it's like overwhelming noise. And so if, I'm, if you see me hiding sometimes from, from big gatherings, like in the uh, activity center for New Year's Eve, it's like... Oh, this is going to be crazy, this whole thing. So I fight that. And it wasn't until last year that I finally got a hearing aid to aid my hearing. Funny thing how that works. And all of a sudden, it, it, it returned my ability to hear uh, probably, you know, better than ever. And now I get bonus things with Bluetooth, as I was saying, as I'm speaking to people. Oftentimes, my cell phone is relaying messages to me from a text that someone's sending me. If you give me $10,000, you get a million dollars. Like, shut up! <laughs> but I needed help to hear. And, and I don't think it's going to get better. It'll probably get worse over the years. But at least now I get back to normal. And I couldn't no matter what I tried, it wouldn't, it wouldn't help my ear. I needed something else to kind of boost that. And so I'm thrilled for technology. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call on me, and you'll come and pray to me, and I will hear you. That's what we've been doing all week. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I started thinking about how God has all these plans for us. In fact, this is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible today. If you do a survey, which people have, they find this one is what people like to hear the most. God's got plans for us. You know, he's got a plans for our future and a hope and, to, and to, to give us prosperity or whatever it is. The problem is, how does he communicate that to us? How does he tell us what his plans are? You know, because there's sometimes there's stuff in our life that's preventing God from doing what he really wants to do. There's stuff that we have in our life, uh, maybe attitudes or behaviors or Things that we were, disobedience. He's asked us to do stuff in the past and we're just mm, not ready for that. His plans can be stopped according to our level of obedience or understanding or even our hearing. If you're not hearing what God is saying, how do you know what his plans are? You just kind of, I think that most, I don't know, maybe this isn't fair, but a large percentage of Christians go through life just guessing at what God has for them. They kind of weigh the pros and cons. They kind of go through life with an open door, closed door, open door, well, walk through it. God must have opened a door. Well, it doesn't always work that way. What I want to talk about today is how do you actually hear from God? Few biblical truths are more important or more misunderstood than this, that God speaks to his people. In the Christian life, to truly experience a growing and dynamic relationship with God, we need to hear when God is speaking. 
when God wants to reveal his plans for us. He, he has a plan for our church. And so the only way to find out what it is is to get on our knees and ask him. But do we hear and understand when he shows it to us? The reason we don't often hear from God is not because he isn't speaking. It's because we're not understanding or hearing what he's saying. We're not in a position maybe to even listen. We don't take the time. Have you ever been in a church, maybe this one, I don't know, where the, the elders or the pastors say, hey, we've got a really important decision to make coming up. Uh, we want you to go home this week and we want you to pray about it. And next week we're going to vote on it as a congregation. So you pray about it and the next week we're going to vote. I just guess that a lot of people are going, like, what does that mean? Go pray about it. Oh, okay, I prayed about it. Make, God, make me make the right decision. Like, what, do you, what is it we're looking for? Are you, are you wanting God to write on the mirror on your bathroom wall, vote yes? Or you get a, a sign in the sky, a cloud is in the shape of a no. You know, how do you know when you prayed and you asked God, show me what to say? How do you know what he's telling you? I think it's, it's not fair for, for elders or pastors to say, I want you all to go home and pray about something if you don't help people understand how do you even hear from God in the first place? How do you know what he's telling you? My, my younger brother was uh, pastoring in Alberta uh, some years back, and he actually, they were voting on uh, hiring a worship pastor, and he told his congregation, go home and pray about it this week, and then next week we're going to vote on whether to hire this guy. And the next week came, and he told his congregation, he says, okay, we're going to vote tonight, but if you haven't been praying this week, you're not allowed to vote. We don't want your opinion. We want what God has told us to do. So if you haven't been praying, you haven't been seeking God in this, don't even vote tonight because it's not a, your, your views isn't what's going to help us enter into God's will. I think I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but that was the import of his conversation to his church. He was so serious about knowing what God wanted, he didn't want people to vote who weren't praying. I don't think I'll try that here. Um, we'll see. There's some Christians who believe God doesn't speak. They, they will say, God spoke, and we have it recorded in his word. We have the Bible. We've got 66 books of him speaking. What do you want more from him? You can find whatever you want in the Bible. He doesn't need to speak anymore. Just go find, open the Bible, and read until you get the answer you're looking for. The problem is God never said he was going to stop speaking to his people, that he's not going to communicate to his people. He's our dad. He's our heavenly father. He speaks to his kids. He leads and he guides us. Some people don't even think there's really a point to pray because God doesn't answer anyway. He, you just do the right thing. You live by the golden rule. You love your neighbors yourself. That's all you need and you're good to go. I just don't find that working itself out very well in the Christian life. I think God does have a plan, and he knows what he wants to accomplish through his church. And if we want to know what that is, we have to seek him and find him when, it says, we seek him with all of our heart. So when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit will take up residence in your heart. And our, our bodies become a temple of God. And by his Spirit, God will convict us of sin. He will tell us the truth. He will direct us in the way we should go. He will impress upon us. Uh, motivate us, compel us, 
to do the things that are connected to his kingdom activities. He will speak to us some way that we can comprehend and understand to guide us into his will. So if you're waiting actually for an audible voice from God, how many of you actually have had God speak in an audible voice? Any, any hands there? I see a couple of hands. Yeah, I have. Not often, but occasionally. But that's only one of many ways that God will speak to us. When I say speak, I'm saying communicate. Uh, help us to understand his truth. Reveal things. So... Um, and it's really important to really condition even our family and our kids to start listening for God. For example, when you have your family devotions with your children, ask them, what do you think God is saying to us through this verse? Or what do you think God wants us to know in this passage? Ask them to try and discern what God is saying to us through his word. Or when you come home from church, take time to debrief with your kids what God said to them in their Bible study time or through the sermon that, this morning. So what was it that, that, that God said to you through Pastor Tom today? What, what touched your heart? Or at the dinner table, share ways in which God has guided you through the day. Uh, I normally drive this way to work, but somehow I just really felt that I should drive this way to work. And, and it turns out there's a huge accident. I would have been stuck there for three hours and God really pushed me in the right direction this morning. We should try regularly to pray with our kids about God's intervention in our life and in our situations. And then when God answers our prayer, it's his way of telling us how he loves us and how he wants to be connected to our life. So some of the words that you can use when you're talking about hearing from God, and I hear these all the time, actually, um, especially... Women's Bible study, I don't know what goes on down there. I'm not allowed to be down there. But, you know, people are always talking about how God, well, I hear this, God led me to pray for somebody today. And just as I finished praying for them, the phone rang, and it was that same person on the line. God leads us to do things. He, he also impresses upon us. I, I remember as a missionary was speaking about what God was doing in their place of ministry. I just felt impressed to give her an unexpected bonus check I received from work that day. It's like you feel impressed upon. God just puts something on your heart, and that's God speaking to you, communicating what he would like you to do to be a part of his activity. Have you ever felt compelled by God to do something? Someone said, I don't normally do this, but I, I feel compelled to take the day off work and drive you to your medical appointment tomorrow. Can God lead you to do that, that's God speaking to you. You just sense that it's your turn to help this person out. Yeah, I, I can take off work tomorrow. Oh, don't worry, I will pick you up. I'll make sure you get to your appointment on time. Or sometimes it's revealing to us in his word or in a dream or in a vision. Someone said, as I read the scripture passage in my morning devotional, I suddenly came to understand something about God that had been bothering me for weeks. Or as I was praying in my time with God, God showed me something about my wayward daughter's life. He showed me that my own attitude was a major part of the problem. He, he spoke to me when I was reading his word. He spoke to me when I was praying that I should really work on me before I start blaming my kids for stuff. Or I had the most vivid dream last night. It was as if God was sitting next to me through a tough meeting I was scheduled to have that day. And I really feel at peace about the meeting I'm going to have now. Because it's like God was saying to me, it's going to be okay. You'll be fine. I'll be with you. You see, when I talk about God speaking, 
So many different ways that God can communicate his truth to us. He reveals things all the time. He opens our eyes to see stuff we didn't know before. He, he, he gives us a burden in our heart. He gives us a passion for a ministry or a person or a project that we never thought we were going to be interested. And all of a sudden, we're, we're just in there helping out. Think about how God spoke to people in the Bible. Moses. I'm just kind of jealous of Moses. He just has like face-to-face talks with God. He gets to have the burning bush. You know, I wish I could have my burning bush experience and come up to the fire pit and God's talking to me. Like, Tom, you need to change your socks more often. Or whatever God wants to tell me. I mean, it'd be so nice if I could just turn on my fire pit and have a chat with God. Joshua, an angel came to him. An angel of the Lord came to him and gave him instructions. Gideon, he also had an angel. Joseph had three different dreams. Elijah, a still small voice in the midst of all this earthquakes and fire and different things happening. God just says, you know what, Elijah, I got plans for you. Balaam, the strangest one ever, a donkey talked. You know, go look it up. Interesting things happened in the scriptures. The Israelites got spoken to from a pillar of fire. Peter had a vision. Jesus, through his prayer time in Ethiopian, was given instructions by a Christian, by a follower of God. Philip explained the scriptures to him and baptized him there on the road. God speaks so many different ways. Disciples, uh, when they were praying, or Ananias got a vision. Paul had a revelation. Saul got an audible voice. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Other believers had Christ's words as recorded in the Bible like we do. Did you know when you see the rainbow, it's actually a reminder God is speaking again. He's just telling you, I'm not going to flood the earth again like I did back in Noah's day. God uses a diversity of means to communicate with his people. He chooses to relate to us. In a, this is the key. He will relate to us in a way we can understand. He wants us to know what's on his heart and, and, and instructions for our life and how to make decisions and where to go. He, he's, he's not playing hide and seek with us. He, he's saying, come and find. I'm here, I'm waiting, waiting to talk with you. Four major ways that God will speak to us. First one is in what we did this last week through our prayer. As you come before God, you clear your mind and your, and your head of things and you, you, you enter into God's presence, you, you invite him to, to help you to know how to pray. He meets us in that time of prayer. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. So much happens through our prayer time. Samuel Chadwick said, prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings power. It brings fire. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. Andrew Bonar said, brother, pray. In spite of Satan, pray. Spend hours in prayer. Rather than than neglect friends than not pray. Rather fast and lose breakfast, dinner, tea and supper and sleep than not pray. And we must not talk about prayer. We must pray. The Lord is near. I like what George Mueller said about prayer. He says, it's not enough to begin to pray or to pray rightly, nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray, but we must 
patiently, believingly continue in prayer until we obtain an answer. And further, we have not only to continue in prayer until the end, but we have also to believe that God does hear us and he will answer our prayers. Most frequently, we fail in not continuing in prayer until the blessing is obtained and not expecting the blessing when you pray. Watch to see what God does next. Have that spiritual antenna up to say, okay, God, I've just prayed. Now I'm going to see you move. I'm going to see you do your act. I'm going to see you get involved because we're in this together. It's a partnership. There's a lot of numerous mundane activities we perform every day, such as doing the laundry or mowing the lawn or gardening or cooking or cleaning. You can use those actually more profoundly if you start entering into a time of prayer. Just start talking to God. There's a famous book. I think it was written by Brother Lawrence. And he learned to talk to God while he was, he was in a, a monk, he was in a monastery, and his job was doing the dishes. How fun. But he learned to use the dishes time to talk to God. He, he started to understand that every time, every moment, every opportunity can be another chance to talk to God. And so he, it's one of the most profound books I read as a teenager to say, you know what? As you're riding your bike to school, talk to God. As you're, as you're waiting for the laundry to be done, as you're waiting as a parent, how many times do you sit in a parking lot waiting for your kid to be done their soccer practice or sitting in the stands or the swimming lessons or, oh, thousands of hours I've spent with my three kids waiting. Bring your Bible. Bring your study. Listen to a podcast. Use that time to pray for the people you see in the other stands. Pray for the parents around you. Pray for the kids that are in the team. Use that opportunity to just connect with God and say, God, is there someone here around me I need to, to, to intervene in their life to see how they're doing? God, show me what you're up to all around me. But you know what? We zone out. We, we waste thousands of hours we could otherwise spend connecting with God. In just the ordinary times of life. Pray without ceasing, says 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The more we pray, the more God has a chance to align our will with his. We're not convincing God to help us in our prayers. God is changing our heart to pray for things that he wants to already do. We can't guess what God is up to. He has to show us. He has to reveal it to us. The Bible in Ephesians 3.20 says that we can't even think or imagine what God is up to. He has to reveal that to us as we spend time with him. The second, we have prayer, first of all. Second one is he, he speaks to us through his word when you're in his Bible. Psalm 119.105 says, your word, someone can finish that verse, your word is a, a lamp unto my feet and a, and a light unto my path. If you're not reading his word, you're, you're going blind into life. It shines light in the direction we should go. It reveals truth that we need to know. Think about it. We call the Bible God's Word. He's got a word for you today. If you don't spend time in His Word, you're missing out on a perfect opportunity for God to speak. 66 books. We group them uh, into what we call the canon of Scripture. But nowhere did it ever say that God finished communicating with His people. Someone said, uh, God cannot speak today because if he did, we would have to add it to the Bible because it's scripture. And going, no, where did you get that idea? God cannot speak because then it becomes scripture. No, God, the Bible says that, in, in even the New Testament, if, if 
this is not even a complete list of what Jesus did when he was on earth. If we put everything Jesus in, we'd have the whole world couldn't contain all the books. God has never stopped speaking to his people. There's historical books, books of prophecy, poetry, revelations, teachings of Paul. They're all written to help us, to teach us, to give us the principles, to, to help us to know who God is. He revealed himself to his people, and that's what we're going to look at when we study the patriarchs. How did, how did people get to know this God that they'd never seen before? God still directs, he still leads his people to accomplish his will on earth. The Spirit guides us, and with dreams and visions and revelations, God wants us to know. So when you neglect reading God's word, as I say, you're on your own. You're just going through life with your best guess because you're not allowing God to speak to you. The third way God speaks to us is through his church. Uh, Christ dwells in every believer. That means that when you encounter another Christian, you also have the possibility of hearing from Christ who dwells in them. We have our staff uh, morning devotions every, every morning in the, in the week, except for Friday. If you want to come join our staff, 915 in the boardroom. If you have something to pray about, come join us, 915 in the boardroom. We stop, we have a short devotion, we pray together, pray for you, pray for things happening. But I love it when people get an, an, an understanding in the scripture and share it with the rest of the group. It's like God is telling me something he wants me to know through one of our staff people. It's fun to help encourage and lift one another up. Never discount what God could say to us through even the most ordinary Christian. He might want to reveal something to us in the foyer. I love it when I see people praying with one another, helping one another say, hey, I, got, I read this verse and I immediately thought of you this week. This is what God said to me for you. Wow. God can speak to us through people. Sometimes even through the pastor. You never know what God put on my heart during the week, maybe. I don't know how many times people said, Pastor, was even anyone else in the auditorium today? Because you were just preaching at me all morning. I'm going, not specifically. <laughs> uh, but sometimes God has something for you to hear. And maybe you don't like what I say, but maybe it's what God is needing you to hear, to work it out in your life. Maybe he's, he speaks through a Bible study leader. Maybe he speaks through a friend in the lobby. He's going to speak through people to impact your life because he lives in them too. Now, I'll just say, caveat, not everything everybody says is necessarily a word from God. You got to take it and evaluate it. Someone came up to me and says, I had a vision that you were going to marry Martha. I'm going, I don't even like Martha. <laughs> like, this is when I was single in university. I ended up marrying Kim. I'm going, I think, I don't trust your relationship with God. Stop with the revelations. You never know, people don't, you know, I haven't got a word from God for you. I'm going, mm, okay, what is it? I've had some really good visions that people have told me in the past for me. And it gave me great encouragement. What they said was this amazing, and I've kept it with me for years and years, what they've so told me. But be ready. And, and the opposite, too, maybe God is telling you that you need to talk to somebody. Maybe he's put somebody on your heart that he wants you to pray with or encourage or maybe rebuke because you see stuff going on in their life. You, you get a, a sense that there's something not right. And if you ignore it, you, you miss an opportunity for God to use you to impact another life. 
Maybe he put a word on your heart just for that person. Risk being involved in someone's life. When God has access to someone's heart, no matter what their age, God can use them for his purposes. Being a part of a church means being a part of a family where we all have a right and a responsibility to speak truth into the lives of our brothers and sisters. And I'll just say, an observation uh, through the years of ministry, sometimes parents, you need advice from some other parents. Sometimes you're struggling with your kid, there's some behavior things going on, or there's some frustrating things happening. Find a parent you respect, the kids turned out pretty good, and uh, say, you know what, can I talk to you for a minute? Can we have coffee? I just got this, I'm really struggling as a dad. Um, I'm really, my kid pushes my buttons, I lose my temper, I don't, I say stuff, I don't, how do I stop that? And just have a, have a chat with someone else who's already raised their kids successfully, so to speak, or, or launched them in a very healthy, uh, mature way. It's okay. Maybe your teenage son is rebelling against your authority, and maybe you feel like the best thing is to ask him to move out of the house. But when you talk to your friend about it, she feels led to emphasize God's grace and long-suffering. And as a result, you, you hold off on the unpleasant confrontation, and you, and, and you start praying into your son instead. And you watch to see how God changes their heart and how God intervenes and God starts bringing other people around them to impact their life. A, a Christian coach, a, a Christian piano teacher, whatever it is, God's will can happen in community as well. Maybe there's so many different opportunities when we come into community and help one another out. God can speak through anybody. So if God has a word for you or your family, I would hope you would want to receive it from any source at any time under any situation. Be humble and just listen. The other thing that God will speak to you is through your circumstances. God is constantly engineering circumstances to provide answers and direction for our questions. Maybe a job opportunity comes out of the blue. Uh, maybe um, you have an invitation to speak to a, a sports banquet or a, a club, and, and all of a sudden you've been given a platform uh, to share your hope and in, in, in your faith. Um, scary, I know, but you know what? God is saying, hey, I want you to step up. I'm asking more from you now. And maybe someone asks you to host a Bible study in your home. You're in a perfect neighborhood that we don't have any outreach in, and we love for you to be the host. It's an opportunity. The church is saying, we're looking for people that are willing to serve in that way. Maybe there's a coach who asks you to help him with your child's team. Maybe an unexpected check arrives in the mail. Now, these are not coincidences, but God at work around you, giving you opportunities to make a difference in a platform to, to share the gospel. So uh, if something comes out, give me a call sometime. Someone called me this week and, and just said, hey, this is going on in my life. What do you think it means? How should I, uh, how should I approach this? And going, well, here's what I see. I've been watching you for a while, and here's what I think makes sense. And said, oh, I think you've got a point. Thank you very much. I, I'm happy to help interpret circumstances or help you to maybe take a closer look at certain things. Some people have observed that the difference between coincidences and God-directed circumstances is in the timing. You know, just at the right time, God intervenes. At the right moment, things happen that, that you've been praying about, and we know that God is involved. 
So I don't want to take the metaphor too long, too, too far, but I did, when I talked about my hearing aid, it helps me to listen. It helps me to hear what's going on. But I, I think the Holy Spirit is that for us. The Holy Spirit helps us to hear what it is that God wants to say to us. The Holy Spirit will interpret the Scripture to help us understand. The Holy Spirit will, will guide people to, to intersect our life. The Holy Spirit will come to us in our prayer time guiding what, um, what we should pray or how to listen to God. Uh, the Holy Spirit is all, uh, all about helping us. In Philippians 1.6 it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. It's impossible to God for God to complete what he started in us if we're not listening. If we're not seeking him and searching for him, it's like he comes up against a wall. And don't go through life guessing at what God's will is when you can know for sure if you just ask. Back to Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare. Plans to give you a future and a hope. I hope this last week you've been seeking the Lord. And Seeking him with all of your heart. Not just a, a two-minute quick prayer, but to say, God, I want to spend time before you until I hear from you. Tonight, we'd love to hear what God has been saying on your heart. It's a really special time together as, as a family to, to look at one another, knowing that we all love the Lord. We all are part of the same team here at MRAC. We're all a part of a family. We all have a role to play in communicating the gospel in our neighborhood, in our community. And uh, this is the result. When we work together and we pray together and God moves, lives are transformed. Let's pray. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up at this time. Father God, you are uh, amazing. You know what you're doing. Father God, I pray you will get our attention. I, I pray that we won't be so busy we neglect you. Uh, we neglect our, neglect our time with you. Father God, help us to, uh, to seek you and search for you with all of our heart. Uh, may we not miss the important things you have for us. Uh, maybe those that are stuck, I pray God you would release them. Show them that you care and you have a plan for them. Father, tonight I pray even now you continue to work in us. Prepare us for what you have for us tonight. And I pray that what we do would be acceptable in your sight, that you would get all the praise and glory as we worship you and as we listen to one another what you've been doing in their hearts this week. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.